when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, welcome back to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. We are talking today about how to own the space. This is a question I get quite a bit on space and what it means to own the space, command the space, whatever your words you want to use. But the fact remains that when you're talking about owning the space, what we're really saying is that you are communicating non-verbally that you are comfortable where you are. And not only just comfortable where you are, but that you have command of yourself in the space and potentially of other people. Now, why is this important? Well, I think it's important because, especially when we're talking about jurors, moving them from hostage to hero, as we start the process with jurors, they crave safety. They don't understand why they're there and what they they have to do or if they're going to be chosen or how they're going to be chosen. All those things I've talked about, they are feeling very unsafe. The brain sees that as an attack. Therefore, they need someone highly authoritative, credible, and someone who owns the room to communicate to them, not through words, but through nonverbal communication that I've got this. I've got you. I've got me. I'm going to get us through this. As you move through trial, that command of the space is going to change. When you facilitate a conversation, which is really the next step in that voir dire process, you also have to have command of the space and make it safe for jurors to talk and really take that role of facilitator. When you move to the next step, which is teacher, you have to have command of the space in terms of delivering information. And when you finally get to empowering the jury at the end of trial, now you really have command of the space because you have to communicate I am now giving the burden that I've carried for months, if not years, to you so that you will go and make the right decision. So space is a huge part of this. You know, we've talked about body language in previous podcasts and how to communicate both the issue and your authoritativeness and relationship and your approachability. And those are all the things that you can be doing with your body, your voice, your eyes, breathing, all of that. And we haven't talked about all of those things in details, but in general, when we're communicating that we are the leader or that we are authoritative and credible, we're talking about the body. But what most people don't understand is that the space has a lot to do with how you are communicating to jurors or anyone in any room. So for example, first let's define what we mean by space. Most of us think that space is just the area within the four walls in which we are occupying. And we can't let space get in the way of how we view it. I should say we shouldn't let walls get in the way of the way we view space. Walls cannot or do not contain space. I think about when I was assisting at a coach's weekend, which was several months ago, and it's at the coach's training that I went through, and you can go back after you've taken the coach's training, and you can assist and watch the training again. And So there was me and two other assistants, and our job was to 
you know, create this experience for both the leaders at the front of the room and for the participants. And so that meant things like refilling coffee and water and telling people where the bathroom was and whatnot. But during the actual seminar, we would surround the participants that were formed in kind of a horseshoe with the two front of the room leaders at the front. And there was one assistant on the left, one on the right, and one in the back. And we created this kind of energetic wall. So like as the room was quite big, it probably could have fit 100 people or more, and there was only 26 people registered. So a big cavernous room would have felt very unsafe, let's put it that way, if we had not created this kind of bubble of safety for them to be sharing intimately. Now, once the front of the room leaders released everyone to go work in pairs or in triads on coaching skills, they now used all of the room and they kind of spread out. We kind of got out of the way. Now the space expanded once again. It would have also been awkward to sit there and coach with someone just right next to you and in, in, in you're practically sitting on their lap. So the space expanded now for the different activity. Once we went on a break, the space expanded even more as people walked out in the halls, got coffee, went to the bathroom, so on and so, so forth. The point being that the walls had very little, if had anything, to do with how the space felt to the participants. And you have a lot to do with how the space feels to jurors. And here's the, the first two things really I want you to leave with from this episode. The first thing in terms of creating a space or commanding the space or any of that, any space work whatsoever, is to become aware of space. Most presenters, when they're standing in front of a group of people, are only aware of the space in between their two temples, meaning they are in their own head. And here's the thing about that is that people, your audience, can tell. Think about it. When Have you ever been to, to dinner with someone where you just can tell, maybe it's your spouse, maybe you went and got a, a, to eat, a bite to eat after work, and they're just not present. You know, one of two things are true in that scenario. Either they are so in their head that they've shrunk the space down so small that you are not a part of the space, or they're aware of the whole restaurant. Like maybe you guys are waiting for another couple to join you. And so you constantly have your, your mind on the door and you're kind of looking. And so the, the space is now so huge that you feel lost in it. You're included, but you feel lost in it. Just notice about how the mental awareness of space changes how it feels. If you ever had, for example, a crush in high school or grade school, you know that you can be in the same room with that person and not be making eye contact, but know where they are at all times. This is what I'm talking about in terms of space. So you've expand your sense of space depending on what's happening in the room or what's going on. So the same can be said here. You know, I always remember when uh, we had this toaster when I was in high school and it would work, but you had to pop it up. It wouldn't pop it up itself anymore. It was broken as far as that was concerned. So you had to manually pop it up. And so when I'm reading, I cannot see, hear, smell, anything. And so my sister came down. I was reading at the kitchen counter and she put some toast in and she said, sorry, pop this up when it's ready. And I went, mm-hmm, something like that. And the next thing I know, I hear my sister shrieking. I look up, the kitchen is totally full of smoke. The fire alarm is on and I had no awareness. Now, 
I get now why that happened because I was aware of just the six by nine, you know, inches in front of my face. I had narrowed my amount of awareness of my space down to that little page in front of me. And therefore, I was aware of absolutely nothing else. So here's the first step. If you really want to command the space and affect how it feels to jurors, you have to bring that space into your awareness. Instead of standing in front of the jury and being in your head or even, you know, just having that kind of like dog collar, you know, they put on the vet so the dogs won't, you know, bite or scratch their wound and just having this kind of real focus just straight in front of you. Bring the entire courtroom into your awareness and not just the courtroom, the hall outside, maybe the whole building. What this does is expand how you feel to jurors. I can't tell you why. I can't explain to you exactly why this is. I just know that it's true. You can try this with someone in your office. Sit across from them and say, I'm going to bring something into my awareness and pick something in your office like a potted plant in the corner and only hold that in your awareness and ask the person what it feels like. Now, they probably will say something like, I don't know, just kind of constricted and small. And if they don't, don't worry about it. It's not always apparent, but in most of cases, people can tell that you're only holding a small amount of space in your awareness. Now, bring in more space to your awareness. Think about, let's say, reception down the hall and bring in the hall and reception and maybe a couple more offices into your awareness. And then ask your partner, as you keep all those things in your awareness, how does it feel now? In many cases, the partner will say, it feels like something expanded, like the roof was just blown off. Now, again, I can't tell you why this is. I just know that it's true in that when you bring a lot of space into your awareness, you seem bigger, you will act bigger, the breath gets longer, the pauses expand. And that's what we mean by commanding the space. You know, when you go to a cocktail party and you're standing there with your glass of wine in your hand and just going, oh, why did I come to this thing? I don't know anybody. You're very small. People who are walking by you, you're just not engaging with them. It's kind of a presence thing is that you're not sending anything out. So there's nothing there for people to interact with. In fact, I told seminar attendees at a seminar years and years ago, I said, try this tonight at the cocktail hour. Go and just stand there with your glass of wine, but absolutely invite everyone into your presence. Expand your sense of space to include the entire room. You don't need to start a conversation with anyone. Just invite them into your presence and be open. Look around the room, breathe, and just keep the entire room into your awareness. One woman came back and she said, sorry, that was absolutely incredible. I did that and I had five or six people just come up to me and start a conversation. And I said, yeah, because you're sending out non-verbally that you are now open and people pick up on that. You know this if you've ever been to a party and there's just some dude, normally a dude, maybe sometimes it's a woman. And there's just something off. You may have never talked to them. You don't, maybe they've never even said a word, but you can just tell something is wrong. We send nonverbal messages all the time. So if you want to communicate to jurors or anyone else that you are in command of both yourself and the space, you will get out of your head and you will bring as much space as you can into your awareness and you will keep that space in your awareness as you communicate with the jury. Now, 
great example of this is witness prep. So oftentimes when I'm coaching a witness, the witness feels it's, it's very odd to turn, even though the attorney has directed their question to the witness, they have been instructed in many cases to then give their answer to the jury. But that just feels odd for a lot of people. So I tell witnesses, I said, you don't have to look at the jury. You can direct your answer back to the attorney. However, I want you to keep the jury in your awareness. Meaning the jury can tell whether you're including them in your awareness or whether you're blocking them out. Again, I can't tell you why this is, but it's so true. It happens all the time in our seminars when we experiment with this. So you need to keep the jury in your awareness. Now you can use this to your advantage, meaning when you're starting off and things are kind of scary for jurors, you can shrink your sense of space just to you and the jury. And this is called holding space. It's very similar to what therapists and coaches do. You know, when someone comes in and they're talking about a trauma in their life, the therapist focuses very, very intently on the other person, really shrinks down the space so that the office feels very small and intimate so that the person feels comfortable sharing their experiences with trauma. Same can be said here. You can shrink that space down and only hold the jury and yourself and the awareness so that it feels like this intimate bubble of protection. Experiment with this. I've had clients do this both in court and other situations and they're like, sorry, I I agree with you. I don't know why it works, but it does. So if you want to feel big and expansive, then take in lots of space, like for example, closing statement or opening statement. But if you want the space to feel intimate and small, just now only bring the jury and yourself and your awareness. It's all about how you think, meaning this, you, how you think about space affects how it feels. For example, as a keynote speaker, when I'm in front of groups of thousands of people, I need to keep that huge room in my awareness. I spoke at AAJ and we had an audience of like 200 people, but they put them in a room where you literally could have fit a thousand people. It was really weird. Maybe they're expecting that I would have thousands of people there, but I had to keep that whole room in my awareness, which is quite taxing, quite frankly. But if I did not, the people sitting in the farthest corners would not feel part of the presentation. And maybe that was what their hope was. But for me, I always want everyone to feel as though they're a part of what's happening. So I keep that whole room in my awareness as I'm speaking. Even when I turn to point at a, a visual or write on a flip chart, I keep that room in my awareness. I don't shut them out even when I turn and I'm not directly looking at them. So you can play with this at dinner parties, at CLEs, when you're presenting, expand your sense of space. That's the first step. That's the awareness step. The other thing that you can do to command the space is once you increase your awareness of space, then you can move in the space in a way that communicates that you are comfortable there. In the eye contact episode, a couple episodes, well, I guess it's four or five now uh, ago, we talked about how what you think eye contact means, which is respect, makes you do a lot of things weird non-verbally. And here's a great example. Because you don't want to break eye contact with the jury, you tend to like sidestep or scissor step or sachet (laughs) as you move in the courtroom. And that just looks weird. If you want to communicate to the jury or your audience of any type that you've got this, that you own this space, you will turn and walk normally. When you use a visual, you will turn and write instead of trying to contort your body in some weird way so that you never have your back turned to the audience. 
It's absolutely okay, and and not just okay, essential that you move in the space that you're communicating in as comfortably as you would move in your living room. Because this does a couple things. It communicates to the jury, like I've been saying, I've got this. But it also makes the jury feel comfortable. If you're not comfortable in the space, if you're standing up there giving your presentation like it's your eighth grade oral report, man, you make everybody nervous. But if you move in the space and you're breathing and you are owning that space by you by walking around, I'm not talking about walking around just to like nervous jitters. I'm talking about actually utilizing the space by using the different parts of the courtroom to talk and to walk. That's a real confidence builder. So awareness of space and moving in the space in in a way that communicates you're very comfortable will help you command the space. You know, you can also use big gestures. I always say leaders take up space. When you're in a situation in which you're communicating, you're presenting, your gestures need to be much bigger than when you're, say, at coffee with someone. Um, Expanding your gestures putting them farther out than you normally would is really going to communicate, I own this space. And you might say, well, sorry, I don't own the space. I mean, it's the judge's courtroom. Not when you've been given control for the, your 20 minutes or two hours or whatever opening statement. It's your space. So damn well own it. The jurors want you to. So breathe, bring in lots of awareness, move like you mean it, and use big gestures and big pausing and you will, quote unquote, command or own the space. Well, that's my tip for you today, a little shorter uh, episode than normal. I hope that helps and we'll talk to you next week. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.